and welcome to Cruisin' Four Hour Reviewsin'. This week it's a mini-sode and once again I am joined by Jimmy. Hi. Hello everyone, we're back. Thought we'd do a little mini-sode because we came up in advance, which is rare for me, with the topic that we wanted to discuss. It is related to Mission Impossible and it's not to do with this movie, it's to do with a previous movie, but it's a very interesting topic. I actually did some reading up on it again last night because I only knew the basics, but I'm going to let you take over and talk a bit about this. But basically, there was a situation that happened in the year 1999-2000 where the soundtrack for Mission Impossible 2, which is epic, it's not my particular style of music, it's a very very new metal kind of situation, <laughs> very 2000 era music. However, like really iconic music. It was a very popular soundtrack and everything. But what happened around this soundtrack is that there was a leak of one of the songs in there, which was the Metallica song, and it was starting to get played on the radio. And Metallica were like, we haven't even finished mixing that. What the hell? And it turned out there was a company called Napster, who you may know was a facility to download music and things. Mm-hmm. And and they had somehow received the song and people were playing it on the radio. People were sharing it. And yeah, it just basically went from there. And there was a court case and it was it was really wild. So Napster, I guess if you maybe you're a little bit too young. I remember this happening. I, remember, I was in grade 12 in high school, so I don't think I really cared. I wasn't that up on technology to do this myself. But basically it was a peer-to-peer system. So you're actually downloading it off each other's computers. Yeah. Look, uh, I was around for this. <laughs> And this is kind of why I wanted to talk to it. Back in back in the old days, when you used to buy CDs and physical media, that was how you got music. And Napster fundamentally changed that. Uh, what happened is that Napster was a program that spoke to other versions of Napster and could take files from one computer and put them onto yours. And this is peer-to-peer file sharing, the first real uh, implementation of that over a long period of time. It fundamentally changed the way that music was consumed. There's a lot of really interesting players here we've got um dr dre rocks up <laughs> we've got metallica limp biscuit <laughs> limp biscuit because like the thing that kick-started this was that metallica found their song for the soundtrack which is i disappear i on... believe my sister and i paid out heavily on that film clip when we reviewed mission impossible 2 <laughs> It's not a good song. And I mean, this is, I'm a Metallica fan. Yeah. Right. I, I, I have seen Metallica live a bunch of times. And we all know, like, there's a couple of really important factors here that are worth remembering. Metallica took a lot of heat because everyone was mad that they wanted their music protected. Yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah, basically some of it is so Metallica is one of the most successful bands of all times. Like they've done a really good job of making like heavy alternative music, you know, work for them really well financially. So everyone looks at them and like, you are so rich, you knew and like some of the arguments against them taking this to court was that you are so rich, like you make so much money on your tours, on merchandise and everything. Why are you doing this? This seems really greedy. But that was not really the point to them. Like and the main person who was behind this was Lars. The, good old Lars. I don't think there's a human being on earth who actually likes Lars. He was sort of the face of it for Metallica. You know, later on when when people ask him about it, he's like, this wasn't necessarily about the money. This was about control. If we want to give our music away for free, we will, but we should be the ones doing it or saying yes. You've taken that right away from us. And another thing, that, you know, argument for it, and we'll get into what you, how you feel, <laughs> but basically a thing that sort of justified it was people who aren't, as they said, you know, there was arguments that actually it was a way for people to sample music and then they would still go out and buy the album. But then they were like, well, 
that's true in some cases, but in other cases, in the colleges where a lot of this downloading happened, CD sales went down in those areas. And anyway, so yeah, there's all these different arguments, but basically it was like smaller bands couldn't afford to be litigious about this. So Metallica were kind of doing it on behalf of everyone else who was losing money and couldn't because they're rich enough to do it. So there's a lot to unpack here. And there, there are certain universal truths, right? People who had never heard of Metallica heard Metallica because they downloaded from Napster for the first time. Mm-hmm. That's irrefutable. That has to have happened. Mm-hmm. And a lot of indie artists and things like that have decided or did decide at the time that it was a good idea to advertise. That's a great way to advertise. It's the new radio. Yep. That's how we get our songs out there. The problem that I feel is that this kind of led to uh, Spotify and the death on the whole of physical media Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of control that's taken out of the artist's hand and put into a corporation that not not a great corporation and also a corporation that has complete control over whether or not you get played you get up on the service i mean you know taylor swift uh has gone to war with spotify on several occasions saying no you can't have my music because i don't trust you with it you'll second we have a fight you'll take it down because that's what these on-demand services do and it's fascinating that I, I honestly believe that this can all be traced back to Napster and the reaction to it. And this is where it gets controversial. This is where you'll lose listeners. I agree with Metallica. <laughs> I I find I do too, because you can you can see all the different arguments. So then like there were some musicians who backed them and there was like, I remember reading, I read last night that Motley Crue were like, no, this just feels like greed. Like you're, you're fucking over your fans kind of thing. Like you're not letting them have this free music. You expect them to pay for everything. Mm. But so I can see, I can see all the different sides. But at the end of the day, and, and actually one thing they were accused of was being Luddites. Like, this is the new, this is the way moving forward and you're stopping it in its tracks. So, and apparently you know, that people blame this for making music industry kind of redundant now, like how artists struggle everywhere because they clung on to physical media for so long, but when MP3s are becoming a thing, blah, blah, blah. But I think it was going to happen anyway. The music industry probably hadn't changed for like 60 years and then all of a sudden it had to change. Like, it wasn't going to happen overnight. And I, I can't can't say that it was just Metallica's fault. I, I do want to say that I do not support the music industry. <laughs> like, I do not support the, the record companies in this mm. argument. You know, and it's worth noting that after the Metallica judgment, a lot of record labels went and did ridiculous things. Like there was a woman, a 93-year-old woman or something like that, who was sued for $83 million, unsuccessfully, of course, but the music industry were like, you found this amount of MP3s on your computer. This is the amount that we expect for each MP3 now. Give us this amount of money and tried to sue members of the public yeah. uh, to, to do that. So I don't support, I don't think the record industry are not to blame for artists being like, well, we need a way to bypass that and yeah. get past that. The problem is, of course, that the music industry owns Spotify. The music industry owns all the CD presses and they own everything that you need to get music out there. The difference is now it's a lot cheaper for them because they can pay artists a couple of cents on the dollar for every Spotify play Mm. rather than going through a whole marketing campaign, going through a whole photo shoot, getting the CDs manufactured, getting the CDs shipped. All of that cost doesn't exist for the record industry anymore. Mm. So you've got this situation where the artists can actually 
actually level the playing field. And all of that costs that was associated with them now disappear because they can push their music through online and hope that it gets downloaded, hopes that people can hear it. And it's a, it, it's not a bad marketing strategy. But of course, then you've got people who need the money to survive getting ripped off. Because if you give people the option to pay, and this was proved by Radiohead and proved by a number of bands that offered pay-what-you-want style services, if people have the option to pay nothing, they'll pay nothing. A lot of the time, at least a couple of them will pay nothing. Mm. And that's there's no real way to say that that isn't lost sales. And there's also like paying what you think is fair. You've got to weigh that up against, you know, studio recording time, which is $10,000 an hour. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you know, uh, engineering the instruments themselves, mm. all of that. The, the cost of it, do you have any idea how expensive it is to fly four people around the world, renting instruments at every location that you, assuming that you rent rather than shipping the instruments as yeah. well, which is another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, it's an, ex- music is an expensive business yes. and it's hard to try, uh, it's hard to hate on people who are like, we just want to get paid for the work that we're doing. Mm. <laughs> it's hard to hate people, even if they are multi-millionaires times and times over. And I mean, I also want to point out that even though I'm a Metallica fan, Metallica were not in a good place when this happened and they did not make many friends <laughs> as a result of doing this. And off the back of two very, very bad Metallica albums, yep. this was like a the timing on this couldn't have been worse. Metallica were punching bags for the metal scene uh, during this time period anyway. And suddenly you've got this massive backlash against people who want free music, which when you say, I want free music, that doesn't sound like a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's another argument that was, I don't know if it was raised in the court case, but at some point mm. it was raised like, well, why do the people, because this is in the year 2000, the internet was, is not like it is now. So the people who have the ability to have a really good internet connection and a decent enough computer to download music for free, are the ones who can afford the music mm-hmm. so it's not the poor people who can't afford the music getting the music it's yeah so it's another thing where it's like yeah you want free music but you can afford to pay for the music so yeah yeah and it, the, these sort of minutiae and you know filing down to the different granularities of the the justifications behind it really at the end of the day like and this is the the big thing is that we wouldn't have spotify at the moment if napster wasn't a thing we'd still yeah. be getting cds we'd still be getting i mean we still are getting cds but the point is that, you know, clicks and plays wouldn't be the most important measure of how yes. well you were doing. You'd be able to do that. And what Napster did do is create a level of control uh, with, you know, how many people could hear your songs and putting that out there, like I was saying. The real problem is now that that, because of Spotify and things like that, but we've completely eliminated that yep. chance for individual artists to get heard in that that way. And it, it, in the end, that hurts the music industry. We've got how many times are you going to listen to something you haven't heard on Spotify. Yeah, I listen to the same three playlists a lot. Like sometimes I think that's the only way that yeah now it's not you're not going to be discovered if you if you're the kind of person who listens to this uh, playlist that Spotify put together that showcase all different types of music and you know finds music that might interest you blah blah blah. But a lot of us don't do mm-hmm. that. So the way I find new music is actually I will find a music video on YouTube that's really great and then mm-hmm. I'll be like I like this I'll listen to it on Spotify now. It's rarely the other way around, which is why I'm hoping that music video are now becoming a thing again because that industry died out and I always wanted to be a music video director. <laughs> yeah. And then that died out and I'm like, whoo, lucky I didn't finish university, I guess. <laughs> 
and uh yeah it's because and i mean i guess that's the the new uh fighting for attention mm. okay go are the legends behind mm. the you know the, the the treadmill video yeah just all the viral <laughs> yeah amazing music videos and the first band to sort of jump on that bandwagon and now you've kind of got to like you you have to do something else to stand out meaning that not only and this is this is the thing that really hammers at home for me right in the old days you could just be a musician mm-hmm. right all you'd have to do is maybe write a song but chop and play the music that you you know you were hired to play now you've got to be a musician a internet whiz a video director a t-shirt artist uh, a tour manager all of that sort of stuff that's been taken out of the ability for people to just do what they love and what they're paid to do yeah uh, it's impossible now for to make money in the music industry because you know you're either taylor swift and you've got the backing of a major label who's got your back and understands that your money no matter what happens or you're an independent artist who's struggling to get a gig particularly in when we're recording this you're struggling to get a gig you're doing everything you can to push yourself out there um you're making your own videos you're recording your own music in your bedroom which is awesome but it's also like something that you really you know the reason these jobs exist is that there should be someone who's able to do that for you do you know what i think is actually (laughs) helping the music industry a little bit uh it has been for the last year or a bit longer tiktok yes a lot of young you know we'd say spotify rappers or whatever Mm -hmm. are actually they release a song that has a catchy bit in it and Mm -hmm. that becomes something on tiktok everyone does a little dance to it like doja cat who i've loved anyway because you know her stuff is amazing she's a, a great singer rapper and she's done some really fun silly music videos but then her song say so which is really popular now just someone did a dance to it and it became viral and now she's the next big thing so there is fortunately there are ways that people can be discovered but Mm. yeah it's not just just by being good at your job good at what you do is not it's also really hard because if i worked for a major record label and i saw someone getting popular on tiktok my first thought is okay let's get someone to write a tiktok song yeah. And upload that. And, you know, they used to call, I don't know if they still call it this, but they used to call it astroturfing, mm. where the idea is that you build a grassroots campaign as a giant corporation. It's a lie, essentially. You're making a famous person with the backing of a major label in a different way. Then suddenly what happens is that people don't trust the TikTok videos are coming from someone who genuinely, you know, someone who is independent, which is, again, one of the strengths of TikTok at the moment is, is exactly that is that you know it's a bunch of artists who are doing weird stuff showing their music out to people getting picked up by people who dance virally yeah it's going crazy and it's great it is great but it is something that a cynical person <laughs> who's had any kind of experience or or knows or could think how the record industry that sues 80 year old women for downloading mp3s <laughs> uh would think yeah this is a great opportunity for them to take advantage of the current environment and that's that's sort of it is that the record industry cannot be trusted did not to try and get every bit of money that they can. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Um, another thing I found when I was looking into all this last night was about the Metallica and Napster case was the president was kind of set for the Sony Corporation suing, oh no, so Sony Corporation being sued because they made VCRs that could record television for you to watch later. Yes. And I can't remember who actually was the one suing. One of I, the TV channels or something? Uh, I on, Look, the VCR, yeah, VCRs have had this problem since 
they've been out there, right? You know, of course, people, I, I think it was a TV station. Yeah. And it would have been. Um, it might have been Universal or something. Yeah. It was, uh, no, yeah, it was one of the studios. Yeah. One of the studios was suing. It would have had to have been JVC who invented VHS at some point. But yeah, I, I, yeah, it was also sort of like that was, I think, one of the arguments against Metallica or against, yeah, against Metallica was that. Is it fair use? Yeah, fair use because watching the it was decided in this case that recording something and watching it again isn't piracy and this is sort of a new that was the precedent i think yeah it was a it was a a very messy case it got very litigious very heavy cost everyone involved a lot of money if you're interested in what happened to napster they started up again as a music sharing site oh really yeah uh they actually they negotiated it around it the judgment did require them to remove any copyrighted uh metallica and because dr dre joined the case Dr. Dre's music as well also mm-hmm. disappeared. But the thing that this did as well is it made, if you had never heard of Napster before the case, you found out that Metallica were angry about something and you went and found out what that thing was. It was... And a lot of people would have been like, oh, I didn't know about this. I'm going to use it now. It's like, very much how it happened for me is that now, I will openly admit that I have downloaded songs from Napster previously. I was of that generation that burnt CDs and, mm-hmm. and downloaded music illegally from the internet. And I've since learned about Better. I was a stupid child. I mean, at the time we couldn't, we may not have been able to buy the music anyway, yeah. which is which one of the other arguments, yeah. but now we know. And that's, and that, I think that's the crux of it. And it's the same now. Australians love downloading movies and things. It's because if you don't make the product easily available for us, given how things are distributed now, like I personally, we still buy Blu-rays mm. now, but that's for movies I really like. If I want to watch Game of Thrones or any HBO shows, it's almost impossible to watch them in Australia. Yes. So we're going to download them. Like I want to be able to stream it. I want to be able to watch it easily, but if you're going to make me power charge me $5 an episode yeah. through an outdated thing like Foxtel, like, I'm not going to do it. Like It's it's ridiculous. And it, this is a, a very good point is because for years we were at least three or four months behind the music industry and up to a year behind the film industry. And now that we've got semi-reasonable, <laughs> not great internet connection, uh, all of that stuff becomes available. Uh, but because everything is so, everyone owns so much of, one of the the great litigical arguments, the great uh, cases, is always been the Marvel versus Fox mm. for who owns what characters and why uh, for various properties and video games are all tied up in there. It's just impossible to know who owns what. And we're losing a lot of media completely unrelated to, like, as a direct result of this, things like there's an Alien versus Cap, Alien versus Predator video game it was a stand-up arcade machine that can never, ever be reissued because... Oh of all of the licensing problems associated with, I think it was Capcom made the the game. Universal, well, Fox owns the Alien, and because of some falling out that those two companies had, there's no way for them to legally reissue these sort of things. And I feel like a lot of, you know, a lot of media is dying as a direct result of that, and that's why I love physical media, personally. (laughs) Yeah. That's why we have an obnoxious amount of vinyl records now, because like we still want to give you money just cds aren't really a thing anymore so and it's also good as well to try and this is not every podcast has to have a message (laughs) (laughs) but if if i could give this podcast a message it would be support local artists in in the way that you can that means going to see shows when you can afford to and not just going to see the shows but buying the t-shirt grabbing the usb stick full of music that they have now find out join a fan club if you can't 
support monetarily. There's other ways to do it. You can share the YouTube video of their film clip that they made. Uh, tell people about them. Just share their social media. Just support the artist. Because the companies aren't going to do it. Spotify are not going to do it. And particularly in Australia at the moment, it's really important that we support the arts because our government isn't. Our government isn't and a lot of people are not going to bounce back from coronavirus. Like, yeah. You've got like a whole year of people not being able to tour or do anything. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a wild world uh, after the post-corona. And it's, it's yeah, it, it is important. And Napster, you know, the, what I want to come back to is Napster, I don't think supported the artist in the way that it should have been supported. And I don't want to, like, bring it back. This is all Metallica's fault. <laughs> Metallica gave a, like, made themselves look like the bad guys in this particular argument, but they weren't necessarily the wrong people to back yeah. in this, this fight. It does seem like, and I can't believe I'm defending Lars Ulrich. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe it. But Lars honestly saw the future where artists were getting ripped off more than they are in the time of CDs and records mm. where you've got the backing of a major label. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And Mission Impossible 2 gave us that. Thank you, Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> you gave us a wild ride of a movie and a wild ride of the music industry <laughs> to boot. Um, okay, well, let's leave it there. If you have any thoughts about this whole thing, do you side with... So it's also, how do you side with Metallica versus Limp Bizkit and Motley Crue? I'm like, fuck those guys. Oh. Oh, man. Like, (laughs) yeah, like there was a lot of dickheads on the other side, opposite Metallica. So you were kind of like, oh, I see both your points, but you guys are all fucking idiots. So, anyway. So, it's so hard to defend Lars Ulrich. Please, please understand I'm doing this for the good of the music industry, (laughs) not because I like Lars Ulrich. And he's stupid, rotating his stupid paintings in his dumb house. Oh, what a dick. Anyway, uh, well, I'll stop bashing Metallica. I have lots of friends who listen to this podcast who love Metallica. I like Metallica. Just no one likes Lars. Anyway, we'll leave it there. Uh, yeah, if you want to fight with us about what you think about this whole thing, uh, it's Tom Cruise Reviews on Instagram or Tom Cruise Review on Twitter. And where can we find you? You can find me at roleplay underscore James at Twitter or you can find me at www.gm4hire.com.au uh, where I will run your Dungeons & Dragons game for you. Wonderful. Thanks again for joining us. I had a great time. Lovely. Thank you. And we'll catch you all next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.